afternoon, this is Ketchel Kirkham with Looking Up. A few minutes at the end of the week to think about astronomical things. So, we've got one or two things to report from the space world here. A historic mission set off to furnish the International Space Station with live crew members from a commercial craft. A SpaceX Crew Dragon spacecraft launched from Florida's Kennedy Space Center with four astronauts on board on Sunday night and it's safely docked with the International Space Station on Tuesday. The spacecraft and the ISS were travelling at roughly the same speed, that is more than 27,500 kilometres per hour, the speed necessary to keep objects orbiting the Earth. SpaceX has been delivering cargo to the ISS since 2012, but this is the first commercial human transportation ever, which is quite a milestone. The rover Perseverance is on its way to Mars, with two-thirds of the trip completed and all appears to be fine. It should touch down on Mars on February the 18th next year. This mission will collect rock and soil samples for a later return to Earth, where samples can be analysed much more fully than they can from a rover on the Martian surface. It is due to carry out its work for at least one Martian year, that is 687 Earth days. And on to my favourite mission, the Voyager spacecraft, which has received a boost recently. These two were launched in 1977, the first human craft ever to exit the solar system. Two weeks ago, NASA regained contact with the Voyager 2 probe after seven months of radio silence. Voyager 2's handlers beamed a set of test commands to the spacecraft on October the 29th using the Deep Space Station radio antenna in Canberra, Australia. Voyager 2 confirmed that it registered the instructions and executed them without incident. The commands were the first NASA had relayed to Voyager 2 since mid-March, when the 70 metres radio antenna in Australia went offline for repairs and upgrades. This ongoing maintenance work is extensive, involving, among other things, the addition of two radio transmitters, including one that's used to communicate with Voyager 2. Voyager 1 is currently about 22.7 billion kilometres from Earth, and Voyager 2 is 18.8 billion kilometres from us. It therefore takes a command from Mission Control about 21 hours to get to Voyager 1 and nearly 17 and a half hours to reach Voyager 2 and they're out there doing their thing, wandering out there beyond the solar system. Hmm. News about another large antenna, the iconic Arecibo radio telescope in Puerto Rico is in danger after multiple cable failures. This is a 305 metre diameter dish made famous by the film's contact and the James Bond film Golden Eye. The instrument has been used to track asteroids and conduct research that led to a Nobel Prize, observing molecules of life, detecting radio emission of stars and conducting pulsar work. And it's been operating since the 1960s and has endured hurricanes and earthquakes. Each of the remaining cables are now under tremendous pressure and although new cables should arrive soon, the entire structure could collapse at any time. It's funded by the US National Science Foundation and the extent of repairs will need to be pushed through Congress. Not good timing. It's interesting that these, uh, these two missions, I mean the, the Voyager mission was 1977 and this massive radio telescope was in the 1960s and they're still going. Hmm? And in other space news, recently an architecture firm had their design reviewed for a lunar habitat. The design features an inflatable four-storey structure that could provide a living for four humans for up to 300 days at a time. 
It was inspired by the European Space Agency Director-General Jan Werner's vision of an international moon village developed through an alliance of private and public space and non-space partners. The major problem living on the moon is radiation and how to avoid it, and other designers have championed going underground for this reason. Another big problem in lunar habitation is the weight of equipment you'd need to take along, which is why there's plans to create structures and objects from the lunar regolith using 3D printers. Incidentally, the SpaceX helmets for their crew were made from 3D printers. Some years ago, I interviewed a fellow student at the time on the master's program at the University of Cape Town who was working on this very topic, creating stuff from whatever the lunar surface is made of. So that's your up-to-date space news. And for now, this is Ketchel Kirkham wishing us clear skies.